Nice. We're recording. Welcome to This Book is a Lie podcast, where we allow the living, breathing Word of God to speak into our hearts and lives through this day. And I want to thank you all for listening to this podcast. And I, and I encourage you to share it with friends because the Bible is not a dead book. It's a living book. So it's still alive to this day. It's not like any other book you think. And I appreciate you, you who listen to my podcast, because you truly believe the word, the Bible, is a living, breathing word. And I'm really, really excited about today. And I want to calmly reassure you, you're not hearing things today, you're not having a weird connection with the podcast, I'm not gone bipolar at all, because today I have a co-host named Brad Hillman, who is a youth director at Vineyard Fellowship, and Brad, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Hey, yeah, I am the youth director at the Vineyard Fellowship in Johnson City, um, and I am nervous to be on the podcast. I've been a listener from the beginning, and uh, yeah, I really enjoy it. I love the premise of this word is alive, or this book is alive. I don't already, <laughs> already mess, I messed up the title. <laughs> I swear, I listen to the podcast. <laughs> okay, I'm going to have to redo this. No, thing. no, we'll leave that in. That's good stuff. Okay, okay. <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Go ahead, Brad. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, this is the first time of me doing a uh, podcast or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I'm excited to be here and nervous. Just like me. And we also got another little treat. If the quality sounds a little better, well, that's because we're doing it in a TV studio. And it's not in my house anymore. We are using the Acts Physical Training Center TV studio that we want to thank you, Acts Physical Training Center, for allowing us to do this recording in, our, in your studio, TV studio. So that's a big shout out to them. And... Um, you got anything to say, Brad? Uh, yes, thank you, Pastor Scott, for letting us record in uh, in this studio. Um, it's a very nice facility. Uh, there's lots of fancy stuff in it, and we uh, try not to mess it up. He's also his father. <laughs> yeah, that's my father. That's why we're doing here, because that's <laughs> I'm just privileged. Okay, I'm cracking up here. So, so our premise here on this podcast from Genesis 1, verse 27, from the New King James Version. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And we have been bringing out how we are made in the image of God, but it's also a walk. It's also what we're fighting for. And, and I thought it would be nice 
to have a different perspective on it. So I invite Brad Hillman to join me, and I actually gave Brad Hillman his choice of what he wants to talk about today, they talk about. And what is that choice, Brad? It was adoption. Uh, adoption has been on my heart for a couple months or so to study out, and uh, and it's it's a it's another look, it's another aspect of being made in the image of God is also being uh, a son of God. Now you don't mean adopting children or adopting God's son. No, no. I mean maybe maybe one day we'll we'll adopt, um, but uh, uh, no, I'm talking about adoption through Jesus Christ to be a child of God. Ah, thank you. And where are we starting on that? Let's start at Ephesians 1. Okay. Well, Ephesians chapter 1 in the New King James Version. And what verse are you starting at? Verse 3. All right. So uh, go ahead and start up, Brad. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame uh, before him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, this is connected I want you to look back at Ephesians chapter 1, and I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, where it says, Just as he, the Lord, chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Well, that's creation. So you're talking something happened thousands of years ago. And here's what it says about it, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So clearly, Adam and Eve, the first couple, the first human beings ever, were created holy and blameless. They had no blame. They had no shame to their name. They had no shame to deal with. But yet we all know in Genesis 3, the serpent came, Eve was tricked, tempted, and deceived. And then Eve turned forbidden fruit. Adam ate from the forbidden fruit. Now... They had blame. They weren't holy. Now they were. They had. They were blamed for. They. They were guilty. And we all live with that in our right minds. And it's sad because, in a way, that's like we had a reverse adoption. We were no longer God's children. Now we were adopted through sin, shame, disgrace, guilt. Yeah. And you got anything to add there? No. I. I it's. It, you're. It's exactly right because, I mean, if Adam and Eve never messed up, we would all be perfectly blameless, never never needing uh, needing a Savior, never needing adoption. Um, and so I like, I like your, your take on that with the reverse adoption. So we, he predestined us, he created us before the world. And so now that we still have to be in the world, we can, or we, we and we, we are sons of disobedience, children of wrath, it calls us. And so now we have to get redeemed out of that by Jesus through adoption. Yeah. And what's 
at the next verse here. In verse 5. Well, actually, yeah, verse 5. It says, He predestinates to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. And that's significant right there, Brad. Don't you agree? Yeah. He adopted us. And then jumping here, hey, it's according to the good pleasure of his will. Good pleasure of his will. He didn't do that reluctantly. He didn't do it unknowingly. I mean, I grew up in church where it was like God was this mean, wrathful God in the Old Testament. And then when Jesus, and then somehow Jesus snuck out of heaven behind God's back, came down, died for our sins, and now God's a lovey-dovey God who loves us. But it's like, no. He's still the same loving God in the Old Testament as he is now. I mean, he hasn't, God hasn't changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. God has not changed. He's still the same loving God. But he willingly, he, it was his good pleasure. I mean, good pleasure. I mean, he went out of his way. Sent his son to die for our sins so we can be adopted back to him. Is that significant? Yeah, I mean, this is his creation that he authored and he gave humanity free will. And we decided to not go by his rules and his ways and we've messed up his creation as a result of it. And he's going through leaps and bounds to try to redeem it. I mean, going as far as, as giving up his son to get all of us back. Yeah, and that's very significant. Because, I mean, what is it we're giving back now? It's like we're, giving, we're now living up to his image. Because now, before, we didn't have that rebirth doctrine. We weren't living up to God's Yeah, we have the ability and the obligation. Right. So it's a, it's, it's a work of progress that we're doing. And um, it, what's, the next, what's the next part we need to do? Uh, yeah, the obligation to yeah. honor him. Because, it, you know, it's one of the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. And so if we're adopted by God to be his children, he is our father. So we have to bring him honor. Well, that's awesome. That's also true, but there's actually more to speak in that. Like, um, thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Well, who can be any other god but God? But here's the thing. If we were dead in our sins, if truly we had some other god we were trying to live up to as Darius, and the next commandment is to not make any graven images, well, guess what? We live in a culture, we live in a world where we're trying to build our image of someone or something instead of God. And then, how then, sorry, thou shalt not use the Lord God's name in vain. That's significant too, which I'm hoping to say for a later podcast here. And then, like, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. It's like, you gotta remind yourself. You just sometimes got to rest in God. It's like you just 
objective commands were such as time based or digit dot based. God, I guess to me, I can just shout that command and you got to take it away and do whatever. And then mm-hmm. there's thou shalt not kill. How many times do people get killed that we know because they don't be careful with people? That's poisonous. Um, thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. It's like, how many people God can destroy from that? You know, I mean, we could go on and on and on about the Ten Commandments because there's so much of God's image being played out in us. But if we're adulterating Him, we don't live to slander God's name or slander His image. We're, we're trying to basically let... Well, let's jump to Galatians. Galatians chapter Galatians. 4. And there's, there's something there that Paul, for Paul, prayed. And you got any thoughts you want to share, Bill? Um, yeah, just with, you know, if you think about, you know, if you're a father... Uh, how uh, how much you desire for your your children to be like you, to do the thing, and it's a great compliment when somebody says, "Oh, he's the spitting image of his dad." He does. He asks, you know, he does the things that you do, just like you do. It's got to. There's got to be a lot of a lot of pride that wells up if your children do what you ask them to do, and they look like you, and it's procreation. That's a very good thing, good point you brought up there. But in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19, this is the, now let me stop you there. Galatians chapter 4 verse 19, this is the apostle Paul and writing this to the church of Galatia. And he talks about how, hey, who bewitched you? You've been deceived by something. But here's something the apostle Paul says in two Chapter 4, verse 19. My little children, for whom I labor and birth again, until Christ is formed in you. Wait a minute. Christ is formed in you? Now, how many of these Christians were saved, adopted? You know? Clearly, you know, maybe a bunch of them did get deceived. Maybe not all of them. But yet, he's still praying that Christ be, Jesus be formed in you. Completely. So it's a work in progress letting Christ Jesus basically just saturate every part of our lives. Because the thing with adoption is, if you are a homeless kid on the street and some billionaire stops by and picks you up and adopts you, and now you're his son, and now you bear, and guess what? Now you got his name. Like let's say his last name's Smith. Now you're uh, Fred Smith no longer Fred, the homeless kid. Now you got rank, now you got position, and now you got home, and now you got a dad. And yet, even though you've been adopted, you can still make them look bad by your actions. But here's the thing, when you're adopted into a family like that, a billionaire family, you got to learn the culture, how to act, how to talk, everything. Yeah. It's really our whole, it's like a culture shock, you know? And what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you have to relearn a lot because we, 
Yeah, you're exactly right. It's a culture shock because you're coming out of darkness into marvelous light. And there's a lot of work that goes into trying to learn how to live the way God wants you to live. And if you are, if he's pulled you out and redeemed you, that makes you a debtor. That's what it says in Romans 8. And so we have to, we, we're, we're obligated, and it is our pleasure and it is our blessing to live how God has called us to live according to his light and his and his his righteousness. Sure. And would you like to turn to Romans eight? Yeah, let's look at that. So everyone listening to our podcast, please turn to Romans chapter eight. Great, great scripture. And for those who don't know, Romans eight is a very popular chapter because it talks about our position Where do you want me to start? Uh, wh- wherever you want to. So, down he goes. But yes, Romans 8 is a very popular chapter in the Christian church. And the most popular verse, in my, is, in my opinion, is verse 1. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Who did not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Because when we were in sin, we were trapped on desires of our flesh. We were slaves under the first one. But now if I do turn our eyes away from our flesh and to God, the truth still says is that we are both his beings. Yeah. If we live according to the flesh, the the wages of that is death. And so I'll start in uh that's that sums up the first part of Romans eight, but I'll start in verse eleven. Um, actually, ten. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors. Not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are as led by the Spirit of God, are these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Okay, there you go. Because, you know, you know, actually I think you need to take some notes. Go ahead. Thanks. So, yeah, to be, so debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh, but to live by the Spirit, according to the Spirit of God. And there's fruit in that. There's fruit in your life, and the fruit comes from God. 
and that fruit is an inheritance. Well, it's also a witness. Is it? Yeah, a are, witness. That we are also living in him. We're not living for ourselves anymore. In other words, it's like when you walk in into a building of family and you start displaying the traits of a building of family, it becomes obvious because you're, pr- you're practicing it, you're living it, not maybe not even consciously when you're living yeah. that. And that's why why we got to come dead to our own nature because it endures from there. It, it was bad. It, it hindered us. It hindered our inner, the image of God in our life. It hindered our, our purpose. It hindered our destiny. It, hit, it even hindered our value and our honor. Yeah. So let's go. I like that, that example, that analogy. So the things that you would do as a homeless person, as a homeless child or someone without parents, having to try to make it, and maybe, you know, maybe you are, you're, you're, you're maybe you're, you're able to live, but you're not actually, you know, thriving. Maybe you're stealing food. Uh, maybe you're having to scam people to get money. Um, or, uh, and, and you know, whatever you got to do to live. It's just a lifestyle that you take on. But if you get adopted into a billionaire family, like you were saying, you know, you don't have to steal anymore. You can actually give food because you have, you know, you have all the resources to back you up and you don't have to, you know, scam people. You can give to charity and you can freely give because you freely received from your adopted father and As, as if we apply that to our lives, if we make this book alive by living it out, we have nothing but Christ, and Christ is everything. And so if we accept no glory, and we don't take any glory for ourselves, we can supply the world. like God wants me to go to this verse here. Verse verse 15 of Romans chapter 8. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. And here's the thing. When we were no longer children of God, we were now sinners. Guess what? We had fear. Fear came as children. Fear was a part of our lives. And even to this day, we actually enjoy fear. Hmm. We, it's almost a, it's, it's something fun. And I know, I, I'm guilty. It's like I watch my teenage funny videos, you know, and I feel bad later, like, oh, I just enjoy fear, you know. But it's like, we once were in fear. Billionaire. You think a billionaire is afraid? If you live in a mansion, you think you're afraid? Now down here on earth, you know, maybe you do have some fear. But your God, there's no comparison to your God. And, I mean, it's like, no. 
Brady and Ray of the Rochester Association or something like that, right? You don't know the depth of the beauty and just how much awesome the Lord is. And clearly there's some fear. It's, it's actually in First John chapter 4, I think it is. It says that perfect love casts out fear. And God, and in particular, First John chapter 4, verse 8, it says, God is love. Sorry, I said love earlier, but it's like God is love. He is this perfect love that can cast out our fear. So that means, just like Jesus had fear to burst out in him, it's like we got to let God's love burst out in us, too. And that's what adoption is. It's like we're conforming, we're basically putting away the old garbage, the garbage that was already there behind, taking up the new clothes that the Lord's given us. That's not part of this garment. It's not part of this face. And that's part of the spirit being. And go ahead, Brad. I was just saying about, you know, working out love. Um, I think that's in First John. Chapter 4? Uh, yeah, it's in 4. Um, but I have in my notes three. Uh, read it from the chapter four you were reading. Yeah, uh, just the in the inner working, mm-hmm. um, the inner working of the spirit that we receive. Um, I think you brought this up earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we were recording. At the time, okay, but the yeah, the working, the work that Christ does in us, you know, it 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 works on ourselves and it has us, you know, do works to to die to ourselves, die to our flesh, so that we can live according to the Spirit and according to His promises. It's not a salvation of works. But it's a salvation that works in us and through us. And so that's a lot of the hang up of when we talk about righteousness um, and practicing righteousness. It's not so that we can be saved. It's because salvation is working through us so that we can be, you know, sons of God and prove who our father is. chapter 3, and I want to bring up this one verse, starting in verse 10. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not a God, nor is he who does not love his brother. So, that's a ta- another sign of our agape. We love our brother in the Lord. We love not just, oh, I love the Lord, I love Jesus. We also love our brothers. And that's also, that's a sign of our adoption, is our love for our brother. Yeah, you brought it up earlier with, like, murder. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in First John 3.15, whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 
get a notification for like Today's the day. Cool. The other time, oh, yeah. it was the joke. It was this and that. But wow, we had that is going to cost us a lot. But it's going to cost us a that thought just to just do it. Yeah, and if we can understand that through adoption, we are one big family, and we can, and that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we can let love work through us. Then we can stop with all this division in the church. It's what's tearing apart. Um, the. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I had to get someone to feel temporary. <laughs> the time. I want to say Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> what was that? Okay, yeah, so <laughs> the as Christians, if we can get through our thick skulls with and 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 understand that the love that God has poured out upon us through adoption and that he has poured out an equal amount of love to other children as he has to you personally and that you have to love your brethren in Christ it's just one of the small workings that the spirit does in us so that we can so that the body of Christ the church can be unified said that the world will know you as my disciples by your love for each other. It didn't say for your love to God or love for the people. It said to your love for each other. So that's like a big that's like a big billboard displaying our adoption as far as love. No longer fear, no longer hate, no longer take taking advantage of people for love anymore. And I see our time is about over, so we're going to have to land here. So, um, you got any more, anything quick to say, Greg? Um, yes. Uh, just love. We, the love of Christ must abide in us and must come out of us. And I'm sure we can all think of somebody uh, or, or some Christian or maybe something that we've done that does not display the character and nature and love of God to the world and it sets a bad name, it sets a bad example does not bring honor to the Father all of our Father that, uh, that He loves us and that He also loved the world so maybe you know of a person or maybe you are a person who has a hard time with love. I I urge you to seek into your adoption and your place in the kingdom as a son and let the love of Christ shine through you. Can we pray for that? Yeah, we'll do the podcast prayer. <laughs> From Ephesians one seventeen. 
I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of his glory, of his inheritance in the saints, and what is exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. Amen. Amen.